Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tag. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You smell like a leopard gnome! I knew it! So hot! A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken! Hello everyone and welcome to The Angry Chicken. I'm your host Jocelyn and joining me as always is my co-host Ridiculous Hat. Hat, how were your holidays? I know they were terrible. I'm sorry I asked the question. Instant regret. (laughs) Hello Jocelyn. (laughs) Hi Hat. How were your holidays? (laughs) Um, They're over now can't hurt me anymore it's uh it's okay for those who don't remember i work in the movie theater industry and the holidays are our busiest times uh got through them it's okay and i am starting a little mini vacation starting today kind of nice so i was planning and being productive and instead i slept till two o'clock which is like kind of productive uh you obviously needed it <laughs> very obviously oh yes uh you and my doctor both say that um but we're okay it's all it's everything is fine um and how how are you how are you doing I, I, i'm doing okay <laughs> i am doing okay <laughs> but uh i'm i'm excited to be back i'm excited to be back kind of in the hearthstone sphere because we got a huge announcement this week and it's very exciting i think for bg players constructed players were maybe a little upset that they didn't get any announcements <laughs> i say a little upset and hat's brow just like furrows <laughs> okay so this period is always about the same it's very very consistent where when blizzard is closed the last two weeks of the year and yep. so they ship a big patch in January, the point two patch, which as long as BG's been out, that's when BG's happens. And that's uh, that's in the third week of January or later for five years. And if it's the BG's patch, usually they do a balance window a week after that-ish, like nine days, where they balance BGs and construct at the same time. Sometimes the patch is later and they fit both in. Sometimes things are a little bit different, but they very rarely have the ability to, to just ship constructed balance patches first or second week of the year. They usually only do it if it's a real emergency, where they have done that with Rogue, well, the past two years, actually, now that I think about it. Um, I mean, last <laughs> year they, they had the QA strikes. So they couldn't get it done until the end of the month, but the year before that they had to nerf Edwin uh, and Evolve Shaman. But it's... Just not something that happens all that much where constructed players get balancing in the first half of January. And that's what we're dealing with now. And the format at certain ranks in particular is pretty narrow. Not the most fun it could be getting stale pretty quickly. Uh, It's a different experience based on where you are in ladder. But it's a little stale. We know changes are coming. We don't have them yet, which is the typical environment where people start getting a little cranky. And I played a bunch today. Uh, The... 
place where I feel the meta is the most constrained is top 1,000-ish, which is where I am right now. Uh, and I faced rogues and demon hunters, and that's what you do in top 1k, is you face rogues and demon hunters, except for those times when you face demon hunters and they're actually rogues. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's both. So that gets a little old. It's getting a little old right now, but we will probably get a constructed balance patch in two weeks or so. That's roughly what I'm guessing. It's not really the longest amount of time in the world. We sh- we will get the BGs patch uh, next week on Tuesday the 17th. And I am looking forward to playing a bunch of it because it looks cool. Uh, and without quests, it'll feel pretty different. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, before we do, did you want to take a little bit of a dive into the state of the constructed meta other than just <laughs> demon hunters and rogues? <laughs> before we do that, I wanted to thank our patrons our epic patrons over at patreon.com slash TAC. See, we're supported by our epic patrons, and you can become a TAC patron by going over to that website, patreon.com slash TAC, gives you access to the Discord server and other cool perks. So we want to give a big shout-out to Benedict P, to, I'm reading this full name, to S. Carney about to go goblin mode. I'm guessing you know who that is. Uh, I don't, actually. <laughs> That's their that's the dis, that's the username they use to subscribe on Patreon. So okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert, my name doesn't start with S, so I don't know if this is some sort of like reference I'm not going or not getting, or <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know, but I don't know who this is. <laughs> okay. Well listen, I'm a big supporter of Goblin Mode right now, so so whoever you are. Big fan. Um, Reb C, thanks for the support. And Adam D. Bowditch, thank you so much for increasing your pledge. Now we can talk about Constructed because we got the most important thing out of the way. And I'm happy to do that. Do we have a bumper for this? For news? We should. Oh, is this news? I guess I guess the we state. We call okay. it news. Sure, okay. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Oh, no, indeed. It's been a long break, clearly. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even put up the right <laughs> the right screen. Oh, man. We are Guys, functional adults. Show. We're functional adults and nobody can prove otherwise. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what the constructed meta looks like right now, because um, as you said, up at the top 1000 legend. So I'll just, I'll just click that button that's like five layers above where I normally click. <laughs> and yes, there we go. Miracle Rogue, Spell Demon Hunter, Quest Demon Hunter, and Quest Spell Demon Hunter, just for that little spice of variety there. Uh, so you're saying basically top 1000 legend is just this. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at the popularity tab, you'll see that... Um, it's hard to tell because HSR doesn't do a top 1K filter, uh, but just right. you see a lot of tweets from people playing at those ranks, and it's just all the same stuff all the time. Now, there has started to be some Thief Rogue trickling in there, but uh, that doesn't necessarily add a ton of value to that experience because it's just a different Rogue deck that doesn't start as a Rogue. Uh, and if you look at the top 1,000, or the Legend last seven days, and you sort, the popularity tab you'll see 21 percent <laughs> miracle rogues 14.7 percent thief rogues 11.8 percent quest spell demon hunters and if you go in the top 1000 last seven days range there are five decks above a 50 percent win rate 
rogue, demon hunter, regular hunter, regular hunter, control, paladin, which is designed to beat the top two decks. And that's kind of it. So it's not like deeply, unfixably unhealthy, but if you play before the change, it's going to get a little stale in that environment. If you look different spots on the ladder, it's definitely a different experience. Though I will say that hunter is really, really strong elsewhere right now. The thing that is largely holding hunter down is interest, which is, you know, it's okay for a deck to be a little bit less popular just because people don't find it as compelling. I personally think the current build of Shockspitter Hunter is pretty interesting to play. And it's 16% of ladder at Diamond 1, probably about 10% overall. Um, not overwhelming numbers, but it's a lot. It will keep growing with popularity until they change it, so I expect this to get changed too. Uh, but I would say if you're playing at Diamond 3 Legend, you probably have a pretty different view of the meta than people that play in top 1k but that's a lot of content creators streamers and their displeasure is pretty well known at this point Mm -hmm. yeah so we've got uh if we if we just look at popularity at diamond then hunter is on top but then quickly followed by a lot of the stuff that you're seeing at legend 2 which are the rogues and the demon hunters so there's a little bit of mage a little bit of dk you know some druid people are people are trying to have some fun in diamond <laughs> but you know us diamond players are not as hardcore as you people in your top 1000 legend niche <laughs> there it's these experiences aren't like hard limits of until you hit top 1k you you will never see a miracle rogue like it's it's not that experience <laughs> just relative populations high legend players love doing tricksy things and spell things and and kill you from hand things and so that's disproportionately represented there um but you know there are a lot of really fun and interesting decks that are almost good enough and so i don't think they'll have to work that hard in a balance patch to get the rest of the stuff unlocked and onto ladder just right now, there are some different constraining factors based on where you are. Format's a hair too fast. Uh, so we know they're going to change things because Aleko told us. He did. Yeah. Um, so there are changes coming to standard later on in the month of January, and they're going to be spicy and uh, aimed at slowing the game down. So um, because, yeah, so it's kind of interesting because so Shockspitter Hunter has already been hit once, right? So. Correct. Like they're they're doing they're still basically doing the same thing and it's still too much too fast. Um, We've also uh, I'm trying to think of like I mean, like other things that are on this list for the for Diamond Through Legend, like Curse in Warlock, like that's nothing new. Um, Evolve Shaman, again, nothing new. Big Spell Mage, nothing new. It's kind of like. For me, Hearthstone is hitting a spot where I don't really know what to play because I feel like I've played all the good stuff before and they took away my fun stuff. So like I honestly haven't really played all that much of Hearthstone uh, standard. I've been kind of like it's my my time to swap over to Battlegrounds, which is happened really quickly after the expansion release normally i stick with it a little bit longer but after the nerf pass where they went after druid i kind of just fell off like they nerfed the deck that i really love to play and that was kind of it for me because i i am the kind of player i like i like to have fun but i also find winning to be fun so like when i look at this list and i see like aggro and stuff i've already played is the good stuff right now and i'm kind of like okay i'll just wait and go play something else <laughs> and like wait for rotation yep and it's worth noting the renathal nerf has spawned just a lot of discourse that is honestly mm. as exhausting as playing a renathal mirror um 
uh, you know, I did see some of those comments like when Renathal happened. I have seen some people commenting that they wish that it hadn't that it stayed at 40 because they liked blah, blah, blah. Insert comments here. But uh, yeah, it's probably the most divisive card. <laughs> I think like you have people very staunchly on either side of that debate. Like there is no fence sitting in Renathal. <laughs> like either you were pro or con and that is it. There's no in between. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, personally speaking, the thing that confused me the most is how attached people get to this one card, either for or against it. Like, it's one Hearthstone card. There's other, <laughs> there's so many other cards. Just don't play with this one anymore. But I understand it's it's not a card, it's a lifestyle. And it did, <laughs> it did dramatically change the way games felt and how long things yeah. went. It, it played with a core rule. And the people that like playing slower value heavy stuff, like... That was a really big thing. My health total goes to 40 at the start of the game, and I get to play more of the cards I enjoy. I understand that. I get that. And the format right now has no reactive strategies that really consistently perform, though I will say, Control Paladin creeping up there. Control players, keep an eye out on Control Paladin. It's, it's, there might be something here. So is it, that's uh, the deck that's at top 1000 Legend, right? This, this one, not the pure Paladin list? Yeah, this is this is a very uh, this is a slower deck. I mean, not very slow. Nothing in Martial Ledge King Standard is very slow, but this one is definitely it's intending to see turn ten most games. Uh, and it does play Light Forge Carrial, and it does kill you by buffing up the Mister Smite. But it isn't like attrition <laughs> control. This is slow <laughs> the game down and then play beef until the game is over control. So different kind of thing. It's still not going to scratch the itch of the people who like Plague Spreader, Priest, or Blood DK. But I still think, like, I mean, for me personally, this is the kind of control that I tend to like a bit more. I wish that it didn't have, like, finishers that we've seen or cards that we're kind of sick of. Like, Cariel is going to rotate. It's one of those, like, she, Lightforge Cariel, what was that? Alterac. Oh, was it Alterac? Yeah, I guess that's when they all got their hero cards. It feels like she, and it's probably because those mercenary characters were around for the entire year that I feel like <laughs> Cariel's been there so long. Uh, but I, I feel like she's been in the game more than a year. It feels like she's been in since Barons. Um, but anyways, uh, she is going to rotate. So anytime there's rotating cards, it always feels like they've been in the game forever. But I'm ready for her to go just because... She's just so strong, and she has been strong the whole time. <laughs> I mean, like, halving the damage is just... Ugh, I wish it was, like, reduce the damage by three, four, whatever, but still let me do most of my damage. <laughs> but anyways, obviously, it's not going to get changed. <laughs> it's going to get rotated. <laughs> she did get nerfed because they printed Astalor. And this is the other card that... Can you click that cards tab for me and sort by popularity? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I I saw a screenshot of this. <laughs> yeah. He's in 70% of decks. 70%. So 70.8, so almost 71. <laughs> almost. Yes. Uh the so there has been there's been a lot of snark around nerfing cards because they're popular. But at a certain point, please do that. And that point is this one. It's this point. This card is seeing more play than Zilliax. Come on. Yeah, wasn't... Because they, they talked about Zilliax, and wasn't that play rate something between 50 and 60? 
It was like low 53, 54%. Yeah. Yeah. Like half, half of decks. And that was at the time that was a problem. So like, I don't, and again, I don't want to make this a personal Joss Hearthstone experience rant, but he's a problem. (laughs) My super fun deck was not the problem. (laughs) This is not a vendetta. And he is objectively, <laughs> he objectively has room to be worse because we don't want this card seeing this kind of play rate for this long. And as of right now, there's no reason not to put him in your deck. No reason. So yeah. he's, he's in basically, well, the only reason I can think of is if you're playing the, the Demon Hunter spell deck and he's your fourth minion, don't do that. You gotta, you can't, you can't do that. Um, but otherwise, he's just the <laughs> Make thing. Make him your third you, minion. <laughs> you could do that. Problem it's solved. Not even, it's not even the craziest thing I've heard, and I hate that it isn't. But anyways, it's they have room to make Astalor worse and still cool and good and played. And it should there should not be any card that's in seventy percent of decks. This is more popular than Renny, Denny, Branny, or Zilly ever were. Yeah. So where actually that's a good question because uh, chat room right now is saying uh, it's also Bran's fault. Where the heck is Bran on this list? Am I just down totally there, blind? Twenty one percent. Oh, there it's- he is. Twenty one percent. So like you don't even need Astalor or like you don't even need Bran to Astalor. So I mean, like I, I know that like Bran is Bran has been creating problems since he came back into standard. I think that is a fair statement. Uh, but I mean, you don't even need Bran for Astalor to be included like he's bad he is as close to an auto include as any card that we've ever had in hearthstone (laughs) yeah it's uh bran keeps being found at crime scenes but he's never (laughs) holding the weapon so like which is very appropriate with nathria (laughs) yeah like i understand the the brand commentary but astlor just gets shadow stepped or played there are so so many games where I'm not sure what to do. It's turn seven or eight. I'm thinking about out. I'm thinking out my turn. What am I going to do if they do this? What am I going to do if they do that? Then I top deck Astalor on eight mana. I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to go Astalor, Astalor. It is easy and by far the best thing I can do. And it, it anything that makes your plan worse than just playing this card, you should just pull it back and make decisions a little bit more interesting. Just a little bit. So I imagine they will. Because this play rate number is crazy. And the card, like the way the card functions can still be, they're just make them a little worse. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm not a game designer. They are game designers. They'll figure it out. But I feel pretty confident that he'll get a little worse. I do find it also very interesting that everything that's above like 20% is <laughs> like it's all rogue cards because rogue is just making up so much of the meta right now that like it's like, after Astalor, it's Prep, Cutlass, Potion Belt, Shadow Demise, Noel, Mace, like Shadow Step, Futricide. It's all just rogue cards <laughs> just because rogue is so freaking everywhere right now. So, I mean, like it just kind of crazy looking. healthier. Yeah. <laughs> like if you look at if you look at Legend last seven days, Legend specifically. Astalor, rogue, 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 brand Kravitoa Fury. There we go. Yeah. Seems not great. 
So if you look at Diamond Through Legend, it's a bit healthier. There's an Iron Deep Trog in there, a school teacher, even a Renathal. There's some Hunter oh, cards. There's, there's Astalor. See, we just had to go to my yeah. to my place, Diamond Through Legend, and then we get Astalor slightly lower in Bran next in line. Then all the rogue cards. <laughs> but you're, yeah, there's a, there's a Trog. Makes it onto the list at like number, what, 13, <laughs> 14? The experience is definitely different at different spots. And so discourse is really hard right now. And there are a lot of people that will see different things on streams than they experience on the ladder. But I don't think there is any particular point in the ladder where you can say things are perfect there, nor do I think there's any uh, indication that things are deeply fundamentally flawed and can't be fixed. We're just in the middle right now. We're waiting for the next thing to happen because we know the next thing is coming. Um, the format's pretty fast right now. Uh, and that's we're just waiting. Going to see what happens. And in the meantime... We're probably going to play some BGs next week. Yes. Uh, so we got a huge, huge, huge BGs announcement. And this is uh, Battlegrounds Season 3. So we had the bundle that was, um, I guess that, that came out before Christmas, right? The the Season 3, um, ta- not Tavern Pass, um, Battlegrounds pre-order track thing yeah so i haven't actually pre-ordered for bg season three because i was like tell me what it is first (laughs) and they also turned off the pre-order they turned it off oh it's gone now damn it (laughs) it was really strange where it just it appeared with no announcement and it's like okay this is cool and then it stopped being there after a little while with also no announcement so i didn't buy it it could have been a fever dream I don't, I can't prove that it actually happened. <laughs> There's no proof, yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, I'm kind of sad because that had the the Nomi bartender in it, which I did kind of want, and I guess maybe I should have just bought it, but I was waiting for the announcement and trying to figure out when exactly this was all going to happen, like when the seasons were going to flip over. Silly me waiting for them to give me more information before I gave them my dollars, and I guess now I can't get Nomi, and that's too bad. <laughs> Well, you can't, like, you can, the post pre-order, the order, you can, you can just buy it when it comes out, just not right now. Oh, so that bundle is still going to exist? It was a pre-order for the Tavern Pass. It's, it's just the Tavern Pass. Oh, okay. I'm so confused. (laughs) The thing you saw, you know, the Battlegrounds Premium Tavern Pass, the thing that, that gives you the hero choices and all that. Nomi is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, so if you just bought it in that weird Christmassy window, then you got him without having to finish the Tavern Pass? You got him like no, ahead of time? Oh. You just got to preload the Tavern Pass onto your account. <laughs> but it didn't do yeah, anything. Chef, chef know me. Okay. Anyways, that was a, the, the, I haven't bought the bundle thing yet. <laughs> There's no more pre-order. Um, but the new Battleground season, the announcement did happen. It is coming uh, January 17th, so a week for, or I guess next Tuesday. Uh, they're a big announcement with this new season. So first first and foremost, quest gone. Uh, this quests were a season two thing. We're not going to have them in season three. In season three, we're going to be building undead minions because that is the big announcement now is that um, undead are coming to Battlegrounds. Not only undead, but also the dual type minions. So this is something if you're a standard player, we're familiar with. It was introduced in the Lich King expansion, but now we're going to get dual type minions 
in Battlegrounds. And these designs, I think, are really kind of cool. So um, we had creator-based um, announcements. So RDU revealed the undead. Slyther revealed the dual types. Uh, Tezday revealed the kind of like other neutral minions. Uh, and there were so, so many changes. Uh, we also ended up with a whole bunch of uh, minions that are leaving. All of those details were on the Hearthstone's Battleground podcast. I think that's just what it's called, right? Or um, it's uh, the Shady Bunny and, and Educated Collins' show. Um, they got the the kind of big interview with Gia, who I miss so much. I want her to cast everything. <laughs> But she's working for the Hearthstone team now. She was on their show and talked about all of these changes. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you think about the introduction of uh, dual type minions into Battlegrounds? This is cool. I don't know. It's it's <laughs> rad. Like, Nailed it. <laughs> you're gonna see these if either of these tribes get rolled. The interesting thing about undead is that if you count, undead is tribe number ten. Yes, we have ten tribes, which means. You can roll in in back-to-back lobbies. You can have completely different pools. You can have five and then the other five. But these will give you some overlap between them. Uh, they will help make some strategies and, and things more consistent. And something like Blazing Skyfin, or there are a couple others that like they there's an the elemental that cares about how many minions you played this turn. Where mm-hmm. you don't even have to be in either tribe. You can play that with APM pirates and it just kind of works. Right, like it, it gets plus one plus one for each minion you play this turn. It's not a pirate, but it works well in that strategy. These are really interesting cards that open up new strategies while being a part of others, and I think that's pretty cool. And it looks like they're just exploring a wider space for a lot of things. And it's, I imagine, it'll feel pretty different, especially without quests, which we've all gotten pretty used to an increased power level, and. When Quest first came out, I was like, this is the most fun I've had in BGs ever, which I mm-hmm. think is still true, but I'm kind of looking forward to going back to what does BGs look like when I'm just trying to play BGs. And it's been a while, but I think these are interesting. Yeah, I think Quests were a really good design decision, and I think that they were a very interesting choice because it gave them so many different things to change and tweak whether it was like the quest itself or when it shows up or how often it shows up how easy or hard it is to learn like there were so many pieces of that or not learn earn there are so many pieces that were kind of moving in the background that we as players never really saw but work to give us one of the most balanced bg's metas i think we've ever had in terms of like hero win rate which meant like on one hand, that kind of delivered on their promise after they put the kind of paywall between everyone and four hero choices. They said, but don't worry, we're going to balance BGs so that your hero choice or you don't feel penalized with your hero choice. But I think that kind of ended up meaning there was too much weight on the quest to the point that it almost felt like it didn't matter what hero I chose. All that mattered was what quest I got. <laughs> you know, so like it started to feel like the, I guess, strategy in the meta was to choose something that had kind of a middling amount of armor. So not a totally terrible hero, but a hero who maybe you didn't care what their hero power was. But, you know, if they were considered to be a little bit worse in that lobby or like if they had a little bit more armor, then that made your quest easier to complete. 
And then you're more likely to win the earlier you get your quest online, right? So that made lobby after lobby start to feel pretty samey because your hero didn't seem to matter quite as much. So I think it may be um, the more time we spent in this meta, the more that we're going to keep it balanced so you're not penalized kind of mantra didn't feel as good. (laughs) There's something to be said for how balance and fun aren't always the same thing. It's okay for some things to be a little better. Like, that's okay. Now, we're going to hear about this as soon as the patch drops and quests go away, and there is going to be a larger disparity the first week and a half, two weeks, because there always is, because players do more playtesting in the first hour than they do the entire time they make the patch because the scope of how big Battlegrounds is. There's going to be something that's kind of broken the first week. It's going to happen no matter what you do. Uh, But we're going to hear about it for a while because... People like it really, really was balanced in quest because of all the invisible knobs they had to tune. And this is going to be not that experience. And there are going to be some heroes that maybe the first two weeks are like our auto win or close to it. And then after they balance them or not auto win, but clearly the best thing to do. We'll hear about it from the high level players. But feeling like your hero does something different and you have a better or worse chance based on what you pick. And it just it's just it's important. It's important for your games to feel different. And I think the biggest problem with the quests, looking back at them, they balanced them so many times. They changed so many Mm -hmm. things so many times, and it was all invisible. It was all offering rates are a little different. It's a little easier to complete. It's a little harder to complete. It made the game more balanced, but I didn't feel like anything was different. Just games went a different way, and I was unable to see the changes. It just happened invisibly. Cool design, but doesn't make the mode feel fresh, which is why at the end of Quest, we hear a lot of discourse from... BG streamers, they haven't given us anything in a while. It feels so stale. Mm. Whereas when they had other mechanics, they just had to make more visible changes, and that was enough to make people feel differently about it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, And speaking of changes, we've also got Putricide coming back. We're going to dive into this a little bit later, but um, Putricide is back now with a new hero power, so it's going to cost four gold, and you get to craft custom undead, which is really cool. Uh, You have three creations per game. So you push this button for four gold. You discover two cards from two pools. So there's uh, pool one and pool two. Now, pools are not the same as tiers. So don't get that confused. But um, you discover a minion from pool one and then pool two. And then it works like Rexar's uh, Build-A-Beast Hero Power. You smoosh them together. You get one minion that has the stats and effects of both. And you get to do that three times per game. So uh, really kind of uh, interesting hero power. Putricide's been out for a while. And I think that this is this is a really interesting iteration. So Putricide is the, like, um, I guess, hallmark hero. Marquee. <laughs> like, yeah, marquee. There you go. <laughs> I wonder where you got that word from. <laughs> where did I get that word from? From movies, from theaters, they have. Oh, the that's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those things. Those things are always broken at every theater. They're always broken. <laughs> I love how I got it. Chat room got it, and I was like, "What the hell?" I understand yeah. you don't want to think about work, so it's just out of your brain now. It's vacation it's, mode. <laughs> it's out of my brain. It's into my heart. It's internalized. I can't stop it. I knew it without knowing it. Thank you for calling it out. Uh, but yeah, so. 
the, he putricide is like the Denathrius or the Ticketus or, you know, like the, the flagship character for this season of Battlegrounds. Uh, we're also getting a Battlegrounds track refresh. Um, they so they gave us the same list that they did last time where they show us every level and exactly what you get for everything, um, whether you're on the free track or the paid track, except um, they didn't give us previews of any of like the legendary stuff, like the strikes, like none of that. So I looked at this and I'm like, cool Excel file, dudes. But um, I like the pretty pictures. <laughs> So I was a little bit disappointed. Like they gave us information, but I feel like they gave us nothing. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know. It's a bunch of cosmetics, right? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> when you, when you look at the standards rewards track, you see a bunch of things that I can spend or play with. And here it is a bunch of things that are visual and audio. So we'll see it in the game. Um, but you're either going to buy it because you like a bunch of cosmetics. You're going to buy it because you want the hero choices. Or you're not going to buy it. So I'm not surprised they didn't just show us a bunch of things here. It's going to be fun to experience these in the game. And you probably know I already. <laughs> you probably know when you're listening to us right now if you're going to buy this or not. You probably know right now without reading the text at all. Yeah. So basically, uh, the the information they did give us is they said the battle for Silvermoon. So this is um, like spilling over from standard, basically. So the battle for Silver Silvermoon is in Battlegrounds for season three. Uh, there's going to be new Scourge themed and fiery new Silvermoon themed cosmetics. So right there, I am a huge fan of Blood Elves and a lot of my characters are Blood Elves. So Anything that is Silvermoon themed, I'm going to be in love with. So I know that this is going to be a Bee Gees track for me. I like Bee Gees cosmetics anyways. So like I am one of the people that's just going to buy the Bee Gees track. But um, yeah, I'm I am excited to see what they kind of like how they imagine the Scourge and the Blood Elves in the BG space. There's obviously lots of characters who already are like one or the other within uh, BG's characters, but I want to see like interpretations of other characters as well, like um, uh, Sunwell and Wind for one example, or uh, like Silvermoon Tavish, like Tavish is that Silvermoon Tavish? What? It, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm curious to, I'm kind of curious. I want to see it. Yeah. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Like, I want to say I, I want to see it. That's why I wish there were pictures, not an Excel sheet in this blog post. But I guess I can wait. Did that say Ozomat Glacial Horror? Yes. I want that. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. <laughs> I don't need to. It's off-duty AFK. Isn't she off-duty by this definition? By default? Yeah, by hero power. <laughs> It's, yeah, I'm interested. Yep. She's probably like a Silver Moon guard, and I bet that like mm. the whole scourge battle is going off behind her, and she's like on her phone. <laughs> this sounds plausible. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I picture, anyways. When I think of off duty AFK, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then so we had a whole bunch of reveals in the past couple of days. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, RDU, Slissa, um, and so we're going to talk about everything that came out through those reveals now, but there is also a BG's preview event that is happening uh, tomorrow, January 12th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific. And this is the like show match for the new season of BG's. And it's kind of wild 
So they start with teams. There's three teams, um, Latin America, North America, and then like an EU uh, team as well. Uh, I think APAC is getting their own specific event later. So they have they start as these teams. And then at the end of each lobby, they like swap or they trade like one player for another. And I don't know who makes that decision. <laughs> like, does the team vote somebody off the island? <laughs> Is it Gosh. like the lowest scoring people? Like I, they didn't really talk. They just said after each round, each team will trade one player for a player from another team. And then teams keep playing and mixing until the time for the event is up. And then the winning team is deemed plague perfected. <laughs> I'm going to guess either random or based on performance in the most recent lobby or whatever. Yeah, I like I have I have no idea. It's like a trade makes me think that there's going to be some amount of like layer input into the whole system but then i'm like that could just devolve really quickly into a popularity contest and nobody wants to watch that <laughs> i don't know this i i am raising i am raising eyebrows at this and i don't understand i'm gonna have to watch this event which is probably what they want <laughs> in order to figure out how exactly this whole thing is going to work but that does happen uh tomorrow so again that is january 12th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. So go and check that out. It's going to be on Twitch. Uh, it's going to be streamed on Twitch and they have a Twitch drop of uh, now. This is a skin I don't particularly like, but I also don't play Zyrella very often. So um, but it isn't a light keeper Zyrella epic battleground skin that is going to be available through Twitch drops. So do remember to link your Twitch and your Battle.net account so that you are eligible to get the drop. And then you just have to watch one hour of um. I think it's just one hour of Hearthstone. Yeah, watch any Hearthstone Twitch stream for just one hour. So you don't even have to tune into the event. Um, it is from January 17th until January 23rd. Oh, so I guess that you can't even tune into the event. Well, you can tune into the event, but there's no drops for the event because um, the event is the 12th and the drops are January 17th until the 23rd. So um, yeah, watch it. Watch any Hearthstone stream during that time and you'll be able to earn this. I really skin. Thoughts? I like her hat. <laughs> you would <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous yes also so there's a cool story about this um uh uh alicia cornelia who is she's a producer in the features team now but she worked on bg's cosmetics for a while she also is a power lifter and is super strong and a total badass and really cool and she posts videos about it sometimes on twitter so she lifts with this guy named vincent who's an illustrator for games and she gave him his, uh, she gave him her card four months ago, and he did this. Okay. So they just, they met at the gym, and now there's a Zyrella skin. I think that's cool. I think that's fun. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to dive into a little bit more of the details on the new Bee Gees patch, because like I said, there were a lot of reveals in the last couple of days. So uh, RDU revealed all of the undead minions. Now we're not going to go through these minion by minion because that would be way too long and <laughs> not interesting. So I kind of like uh, group them into what I think are kind of interesting. Almost, 
I basically took the the standard package idea and applied it to Battlegrounds. So uh, there's a, this really cool uh, Eternal Knight card or minion. So it is a tier two minion. It's a four one undead and it has plus one plus one for each friendly Eternal Knight that has died this game. And then there's another one called the Eternal Summoner, which is a six a tier six minion, eight one with a death rattle summon to Eternal Knight. So there's some kind of cool synergy there. And so this just gets bigger. And it also says, sorry, it does also say uh, wherever this is, which means like it doesn't matter if your Eternal Knight is in your hand or the shop or whatever. It just keeps growing depending on how many Eternal Knights have died, which is pretty cool. Pogo Haunter. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Man, I forgot Pogos. Pogos used to be so fun. <laughs> so this, w- this will be fun too. It's like, it's... Yes. I think this will be enjoyable. I imagine it will be very popular. Yeah, I think so too. Because that's the thing that like so many people tried to make Pogos work before Pogos actually got ridiculous. And... I feel like this is going to be one of those scenarios that like everyone's going to try to make it work and everyone's going to play it, whether it actually works or not. <laughs> so this is like this season's um, I get because leapers, I feel like were kind of like that, too, before people really kind of figured out how to make them go. <laughs> everyone was just trying leapers and forcing leapers, even when leapers were terrible. Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely the kind of design space the Eternal Night package fits in. Um, I also wanted to mention Lich Doctor, which is a tier three. Good pun, good pun. <laughs> it's a good pun. That's it. It's funny. It's, okay. <laughs> so Lich Doctor is a tier three, three, two undead uh, taunt minion. At the start of your turn, give your minions that died last combat plus one, plus one. So this is basically like Sylvanas's hero power on a stick. Like a little bit less powerful because she's uh plus one plus two, right? And he's plus one plus one. So like a little bit less powerful. But this is a thing that just happens. You don't have to push your button every turn and it just buffs your stuff. So I think this is, again, uh, kind of an interesting way to bring some power to battlegrounds. And it's so it's also a permanent effect, right? Because it, it's at the start of your turn, not the start of wait. Is it the start of your turn, start of combat, or start of your turn when you get back? No, it can't be start of combat because it's no, what died last the, combat. When you get I'm back so to the shop confused. phase. When you get when back, you get to, the back to the shop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then it, permanent buffs. Permanent buffs. And also it works better for combats that you lose than combats that you win. So it's a it's a catch-up unit, but this isn't going to help you all that much if you're winning combats with giant stuff. Like, it just doesn't do anything. Right. But if you're losing combats with a bunch of little stuff, then it all gets bigger. Seems pretty good. Uh, so another one I wanted to talk about was the combo of uh, Sister Death Whisper. So this is uh, one of the six drops. Uh, she's a 411 stat line, and her undead text reads, after a friendly minion is reborn, give your undead plus one, plus three permanently. So... Your minion, uh, correct me if I'm understanding this wrong, your minion has to die, and then when it comes back with a reborn effect, then the buff happens. Correct. So the original minion that died with the reborn won't get buffed because you're buffing the reborn version, not the original version that sits on your board. No idea how that works. But it's, okay. 
Because <laughs> it is the same minion the second time, but the the base glowing blue copy didn't get buffed. But it is an undead, yeah. and it is going to get a permanent. I have no idea. I'm not going to try and guess. Like uh, your yeah, logic makes sense to me, but it's entirely possible that it's viewed as like the <laughs> second half. It's related to the first half. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then that kind of goes along pretty well with the Soul Splitter, which is a tier four minion, four two undead, with reborn itself, and then has additional text that says at the start of combat, give a friendly undead reborn. So it has reborn itself. So it's gonna synergize with Sister Death Whisper. And then it also will give reborn to something else, which means when that thing dies it's also going to buff your undeads uh, plus one plus three through sister. So there's a little bit of kind of synergy there. And there's a lot of reborn undead minions just in general coming into battlegrounds. Not to mention um, she's going to work with um, some of the like dual minions that we're going to talk about in a little bit, because if like it doesn't have to be undead minions that are reborn though a lot of them have reborn but if you think about the beast tribe as well or beast minion type um they also have the ability with the snake to give any beast reborn and that like it doesn't have to be inherent card text it can be reborn that's granted as well which i think is really interesting so she will obviously work best with undead because she buffs undead but you can you know take advantage slash trigger the the effect using undead be- or uh, reborn beasts as well. So there, there's a little bit of kind of flexibility there that I think is is interesting. And the Lich King hero power seems pretty strong here. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. And also, very importantly, if you have Soul Splitter and Death Whisper, you can play Soul Sister. Hey, Soul Sister, the song. You can... Is there... At... It's, a... <laughs> it's, tisk, it's the mask. Tisk, tisk. <laughs> uh and then so also i wanted to point out uh a new where did he go a where are you why can i not find him oh down bottom left okay there we go it's because i was looking for a nubarak and i forgot that he had an arubian king on it too so i was looking for this like teeny tiny name not this like big huge long thing uh but yeah so a nubarak is coming into battlegrounds did you say and, big uh, huge long thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i did i did yeah. Uh, so Anubarak, the Neruvian king, is coming to Battlegrounds. Uh, it's a five-star minion, uh, five-three undead with a death rattle. Your undead have plus two attack for the rest of the game, wherever they are. And then also that kind of goes really well with the Nerubian Death Swarmer, which is only a two-star minion, one-three undead. Battle cry, give your undead plus one attack for the rest of the game. So kind of a the Nerubian theming in there being that you just kind of get this buff to your undead minions throughout the entire game, whether this remains on your board or not, which I think is really kind of an interesting idea. And there was another one. um, And actually, I think this might have been one of my dual types. So I'm going to not talk about it right now. (laughs) But uh, there's another one that that we're going to talk about um, kind of permanent buffing, which is really interesting. Yeah, it seems kind of smart that they're not having uh, these minions gain health buffs too, because that would be confusing about how they work with Reborn, like do they come back with one health or the extra health or whatever, um, but also you don't really want these things being that hard to kill, because first you want them to die so the text happens, second of all that would probably be broken as hell, so... <laughs> Instead, it's it's all about attack buffs and Reborn, and like when you look at a tier 6 like Colossus of the Sun, uh, it's, it is a pretty simple unit, 6 star, 6-6, six, six, undead, divine shield, Reborn, 
But you think about that thing having plus 10 attack. Then all of a sudden you're hitting for 64 total. And two of that is Divine Shield. Like that's, he's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So I think that there are some really interesting synergies within this new undead tribe. And uh, also, <laughs> you wanted to talk about Jelly Belly? <laughs> click it. Click it. Oh, there we Look go. Look at the belly. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> I love that he's got his belly in his hands. <laughs> it's it's so filled big. with jelly. It's filled with yeah. jelly. And, and Jelly Belly is also is the name of a popular jelly bean here in the United States. Um, I don't know. Just it, this tickles me. I'm tickled. <laughs> uh, so, in case you're wondering the battlegrounds implications, it's tier three minion, three five undead. After a friendly minion is reborn, gain plus three plus three. So, uh, kind of similar. It could potentially be considered to be in that whole soul splitter, sister, death whisper kind of package where you want reborn stuff to die because then something cool happens. To Jelly Belly, <laughs> Jelly Belly gets yeah. gets bigger and gross as uh, things around as reborn minions uh, come back. Then he's gonna get buffed. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool kind of twist on minions, like undead. And I think this is kind of key to a good new minion type is that it feels different than other stuff we've seen before from other minion types. So it feels different enough to warrant that uh, minion type you know, label on it, I think. So I I think it's going to be uh, fun to play with for sure. Uh, I don't want to talk about, there we go. I want to talk about dual minions before we talk about uh, a little bit more in depth on Putricide. So uh, Slissa did the dual type reveal. And first I want to talk about, obviously, Mechajuraxis. So Mechajuraxis is a six star minion a 315 because it's draxis so of course oh i'm so happy they did this i'm so (laughs) happy they did this (laughs) it was literally required uh so this is a mech demon minion battle cry add a random mecha demon to your hand but joss what's a mecha demon i don't understand uh well there are three there is uh balthrak which is uh they're all uh or no sorry they they can all magnetize to mechs and demons so their stats and effects will attach to either a mech or a demon your choice which is kind of wild uh so balharak has reborn magtheridon prime has taunt and then rusted reggie has wind fury uh and then they all have different stat lines so uh balharak is a 10-1 Magtheridon Prime is a 110, and then uh, Rusted Reggie is a 5-5. So um, 11 stats on two of them, 10 stats on the other. Poor Reggie. <laughs> uh, I mean, he gives Wind Fury. He's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but yeah, I thought this is such a cool like uh, idea to like magnetize to a demon. Like, <laughs> this is wild. It's... Uh, th- this is just cool. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. Like, I don't know if it's even going to be good. I don't care. This is cool. Yeah. It's cool and fun. <laughs> it's flavorful. And it's a battle cry. So, yeah. You can you can brand him. <laughs> you can. Brand making trouble over in BGs too. Not just a standard problem. <laughs> and I, and this is and this is a it's a tier six. You can triple into it. You can put stuff onto Mechadrax himself and make it 
kind of powerful right away. Um, or you can save it for other cool synergies. I'm I'm really curious to see how it plays. I'm my instincts tell me it's gonna be on the weaker side, but also I'm gonna do it anyways because it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I uh, also wanted to mention a uh, corpse refiner. So this is a two star minion, two three. It's an undead pirate. So again, all of these dual type minions you're going to see, whether undead is in the lobby or pirates are in the lobby, both of those conditions, like it doesn't have to be both of those. Like if you have an undead lobby, but pirates are banned, you're still going to see corpse refiner. So um, corpse refiner is uh, again, like I said, a two, three, it's a tier two avenge for this minion sells for one more gold. So you can just keep this on your board and get a whole bunch of Avenge stuff going on and then sell it for a gajillion, right? Like this just keeps happening. And it just, it's like you're stacking gold tokens on top of your corpse refiner uh, until you're ready to actually get rid of it and sell it. So this I think is going to be interesting. I'm glad they removed Cadgar. Because otherwise, Scallywag yes. could get pretty gnarly. Like, they had to remove Cadgar the second they put Reborn in. He, like, yeah. he cannot exist in this environment. But yeah, there would there will absolutely be YouTube highlight videos of people selling this for some absurd amount of gold. And like, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then also I wanted to talk about uh, Felimental. And so this is the minion I think you were speaking about earlier, Hat. So it's a three-star, three-one Elemental Demon with a battle cry. Minions have... Or no, wait, sorry. I got totally confused. This is the one I was talking about earlier. Minions have... Minions in Bob's Tavern have plus one, plus one for the rest of the game. So this is one of those ones where you can play it and cycle it. It buffs everything in the tavern. You don't have to keep it on your board like Purple Demon Dude that has to sit on your board right now. Um, that's really good in the mid game, but then, yeah. So this is a battle cry persistent effect. Yeah, it's cool. This is not the one that I thought that you were talking about. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it. God, it's green. So confused. Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, which one is the one that? Oh, this one. Uh, Magmalock. Magmalock. Magma yeah. It's a four star one one. At the end of your turn, gain plus one plus one. Repeat for each minion you played this turn. It is an elemental murloc. He chilling. He's huge. <laughs> he's he's laying in a mountain range <laughs> in his card art. He's pretty happy to be chilling. Like he he looks like he's in a pretty decent mood despite the fact that he's literally made of magma, which is like which is <laughs> all right. Um, but it's an elemental murloc. Uh, it has the text that. Uh, Major Domo has Domo got removed. He's not. He's not staying. Yeah. But this is the same text. But Major Domo required you to play elementals. This just says repeat for each minion you played this turn. So it's elementals and murlocs. It strikes me as being ideal in APM pirates, but it could be fine in in refreshing elemental elementals. And there are some really cool murloc builds that you know when they get going, they end up having a lot of money. I imagine this card is going to find a lot of different homes. And it's a really interesting design to me that doesn't play directly, I think, into any of the class mechanics of Elements of Murlocs. You just you happen to have some econ stuff going on there, but also can be in any econ strategy. Yeah, and I think uh, you're you're definitely right pointing out the kind of APM pirate synergy because I first looked at this and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be insane in Elementals. And then if I happen to you know, like find Murlocs that can, you know, give this buffs or toxins and give it poisonous or whatever. Like it has that Murloc synergy as well. That just feels kind of crazy. They're like 
kind of like amalgams, but just like a little bit less flexible. But it just it's such a cool and interesting design space. I'm really glad that they did this. Um, the other one I wanted to highlight is Puffer Quills. This is a four. This is a tier four minion. Uh, it's a two four Quillbore Naga. After a spell is played on this, gain poisonous until next turn. So we're seeing poisonous drop down a couple of tiers because we had poisonous with Toxfin and um, oh, what's her name? The six star SI seven. No, not SI seven. The uh, the one that uh, uh, adapts Manted Queen. Manted Queen. Manted Queen. Manted Queen. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that stuff was all up at tier six. So now we're getting more poison earlier in the game again. I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea, but, um, with Quillbore and Naga, either one of those minion types being in your lobby, it's going to be really easy to play a spell on this because you've got either blood gems or spellcraft spells, right? So this is going to be a really easy minion, I think, to gain, uh, the poisonous effect on every turn. Probably pretty good with glow scale, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty solid. Which, again, like, I can't believe after moving Poisonous up to tier six, they then in the next patch were like, hey, by the way, <laughs> well, here's Poisonous on tier four. <laughs> but they moved the ability to grant poison to multiple minions up. That, like, one, if you have one Puffer Quill, you will have one Poison minion. If Toxin's on tier four, you could have four, five, six poison minions. This is just this thing. So it, it's, you know, Leroy's on tier five. One for one trades are not the hugest deal, especially with the amount of reborn and undead we have. I don't know mm. if poison gonna hit the same in undead land because you kill it that's and it comes fair. back. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so then the last one that I wanted to mention is uh, Sin Runner Blanche, and this is a five star, four, four undead beast. With Reborn, and so this is like kind of one of the things that drew my eye towards that synergy with um, Sister and potentially working well with Beast is because Blanche has Reborn, and when it gets Reborn, it is Reborn with full health and enchantments, which is bonkers. <laughs> you basically just get a whole new buffed up Blanche at the, as soon as the first one dies, like... The whole point of Reborn is it's supposed to have one health and be easy to get rid of again. But no, Blanche's going to come back with everything, which is a wild design to me. It breaks all of the rules of its keyword. <laughs> but rule breaking can be fun sometimes. And it this can be isn't, fun. This isn't Murloc. Very important. It's not a Murloc. Can't get poison. Not a mech. Can't get divine shield easily. You can spellcraft stuff onto it. And spellcraft's going to be pretty decent here if you get some Nagas. Um... And I was about to say, well, what if you have the quest? Oh, wait, you probably oh, won't wait. have the quest with this. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Enhanced Omecano, maybe you get the spare part that grants something. I don't know. But it's you have to work pretty hard to get keywords onto this. So if it's just stats mm -hmm. twice, like whatever, uh, it, it's cool and fun. But I would be surprised if it was format breaking. Uh, but there are ways to make this a powerful thing that you get to do twice. Like, I want to do that. I would like yeah. to try and do that. Um but this isn't something that I, I think it will probably read stronger than it plays, which is also where you want to be. You want people to be excited about things and they do it and it's cool, but it doesn't break things. Absolutely. 
Uh, so we've we've kind of talked about slash talked around things that are leaving. Uh, and so the important ones that I think we want to mention are uh, Cadgar, which we already talked about. So Cadgar's gone. Um, Major Domo, we mentioned that's gone. That made me a little bit sad because I did really enjoy playing with him and finding synergies. And especially in the quest meta, I thought he was a really interesting card. So a uh, little bit sad to see him go, but like you said, we do now have the kind of replacement there with um, Magma Lock. Gives you some options, the same sort of thing there. Uh, but yeah, so that is uh, Major Jomo's leaving. Bonker is leaving, which is the Quillbore that has Wind Fury that gives you blood gems when it, after it attacks. So that was, I thought, kind of um, strange, but I guess they maybe want to rein in the power a little bit on spell generation just so some of the minions that we talked about don't get out of control uh baby crush is leaving which i mean baby crush was just a super powerful tempo card so i kind of again i understand like you want to give your new minion type a little bit of room to breathe um then we're also losing pale scale crocolisk and razor gore which are two just that i really enjoyed playing around with so any any notable exceptions that are leaving that you wanted to point out (laughs) I think most of these are not notable, uh, which is fine. Like it's, I yeah. like, I have played with a lot of these for a while. the The only new one that's leaving, I think, is White Mane, which had already been pulled out. Yeah. Um, and she was kind of frustrating, anyways. So they have they have a new tech card, but this one was a bit too heavy handed. Uh, Tony Two Tusk had been around for a while, and he was I like I watch YouTube videos of of Battlegrounds high rolls a lot of the time. Tony's there a lot. Tony is frequently seen, so probably for the best as well. Avenge and Reborn work really well together, probably for the best to get him out of here. Yeah, and that's kind of uh, the theme here, particularly with him and and Khadgar, is like you can't have them in BGs when you're going to be introducing a ton of Avenge and Reborn because it just gets to the point where it's too powerful and they're very restrictive on that design space. So I think this is the right idea. And uh, white mane is so interesting because like, I remember when she was first announced and it seemed like a great idea, but uh, like within the first week I was like, this is unfair and unfun and I hate it and stop. (laughs) So I don't think I've had that much of a negative reaction, even like friend of a friend. I feel like I didn't mind as much as White Mane just made me really actively dislike the game mode. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a new tech card that I think will serve a much better per- purpose that we see from the Tesdi reveal. Talking about uh, Sindori Straight Shot, which is it's a funky card. It's a f- tier four, three, four with Wind Fury Divine Shield. Whenever this attacks, remove Reborn and Taunt from the target. So... If something is in your way and is really annoying, you can just boop off those specific words, reborn and taunt, and then the rest of your minions can do what they need to do. Which I think is kind of a a more interesting and kind of elegant solution for, you know, like it allows you to get around a taunt and have a shot at someone's backline minions without being able to very specifically target them like you could with white main, right? It basically opens up the opponent's board to allow you to then have an RNG chance at hitting the thing that will, you know, be the best for you and the worst for them. Like, I mean, they're barren is <laughs> was a really good example and often the target of white main. 
Um, it was, you know, you'd put the Baron all the way off to the right and you'd want to get all these death rattles and then they just white main you and kill it right away to the point that the double damage she granted didn't even matter. Um, it was just about pulling that one specific. I mean, Zap has a very similar effect, but you have some like workarounds that you can do with Zap and it was a lot harder to not ruin your comp while also trying to play around white main. So I think this is a kind of elegant solution that doesn't make it an auto kill on your like one of your most important or hidden minions, but it does allow you to get around uh, a big annoying taunt without having to actually kill it. And that one tier earlier than the Leroy solution, which is just get rid of it completely in one shot. Right. So um, I think you're right. This is a really interesting tech card and I'm sure we'll see it seeing play. The other one that I wanted to mention from these other minion uh, reveals from Tez Day is Chronormu. Uh, <laughs> Stupid bronze dragons. <laughs> it's a uh, tier four, four, four dragon. While this minion is in Bob's Tavern, it gains the stats of any minions sold. So this one I think is really cool. Again, I don't know if it's going to be super powerful, but it's definitely it kind of it, again, almost like turns everyone into Dancing Daryl, right? <laughs> like except for instead of throwing hats, you're throwing stats. <laughs> don't throw me. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get tossed around a little? <laughs> it, it's, it's that's that's my decision. That's up to me to decide when that happens. Um, <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, this just... Don't it, tell the elf. <laughs> no. This plays <laughs> differently than how we've seen anything play, and it's like you get to do be a mini Daryl on your turn while this is in the shop. I don't know. It's kind of rad. It's kind of interesting. Like, if you, if you sell a ball of minions while this is around, like, it's kind of doubling up there. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's fun. That's really good. That's really good synergy, actually, yeah, to, to sell the ball of minions and then... Uh, kind of buff something on your board while also buffing this in the shop. Like, I, I think we're going to see a lot of this. This is a really cool design, and I'm I'm excited to play with it. Um, so, yeah, is, is there anything else you wanted to mention in the other minion reveals before we uh, move on and talk about some hero changes? I think Titus Rivendare is pretty important. Right. That is a good call. I need to find him. Where are you? Oh, right there. Come on, Joss. Honestly, brain leaking out of ears tonight. <laughs> so there are a couple things that were problematic with Baron Rivendare. He just got updated to Undead in in Hearthstone, in Constructed Hearthstone. Yes. And so that meant they would have to upgrade him to Undead here, uh, which would have given Rivendare a lot more synergies than he was supposed to have. Like, for example, giving him Reborn. We don't, we don't want that. Um, no. So they replaced him with Titus Rivendare, who I assume is related i don't know how but this one's alive he's not undead and also he doesn't say your death rattles trigger twice he says your death rattles trigger an extra time very important difference because this is plus one death rattle you can keep on going you can keep on adding yeah, exactly. So previously, if you had like two normal versions of Baron, they didn't stack, right? Like uh, using that board space for Baron was only good if your first Baron died. Then you had like a backup, <laughs> but it didn't actually stack. This effect will stack. So if you have one copy of this, then your death rattles will trigger twice. 
If you have two copies, your death rattles will trigger three times, which is the way that minions in Battlegrounds kind of should work. Like Baron was always an outlier because he was um, like a, a holdover from Constructed. So he was never designed to work in a Battlegrounds environment. But generally, if you have two copies of the same minion on your board, you get their effect, their effects doubled, right? You get the effect twice. And Baron yep. didn't just never worked like that. He wasn't coded like that. So this is now uh, basically Baron coded for Battlegrounds and is going to work the way you would expect. You can also then have a golden copy of Titus and a regular copy of Titus, and then you're going to get Death Rattles triggering four times because you get three off the golden and then an extra one off the the plain copy. So it's going to basically work the way you would think a BG's minion should work. Yep. Uh, Bran is still does not stack, uh, which is probably for the best that he doesn't stack. Um, But yeah, uh, so the thing that I am most worried about with this upcoming patch is Leapfrogger. I am worried about Leapfrogger <laughs> because Leapfrogger gets to exponentially scale and it was already pretty good at scaling and now it gets to do more of that and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, so basically Leapers can now do what they would normally do with a Golden Baron uh, but with only having to have two copies, like before you had to find the third, you had to make that that barren uh, triple. Right. So you don't have to do that anymore. So it's going to happen more consistently. Now you have to use two slots on your board to have two barons. But I really don't think you care because those are just going to sit in the back and all of your stuff that spawns <laughs> their minions is just going to sit there and spawn minions. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a long time before Baron ever even thinks about attacking and your leapfroggers are, like you say, going to scale very, very quickly um, with uh, with this Baron change. So, um, but the thing is, like, so I know a lot of people are like, oh, but leapers are so powerful right now and you could just force leapers and win and blah, 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 blah. And, it, you know, leapers are very, very powerful right now. But we are going into a new meta with a new minion type and quests are being removed. And, you know, like there's a whole bunch of moving parts here. So, yes, leapers will get more powerful with this change to Baron or with this replacement of Baron. But um, I don't want to rush to judgment to saying that's a bad thing because leapers might be terrible in the season three meta. Like we really have no idea until we have a chance to play with all these cards. So um, save your rage. <laughs> Wait and see. And this is a good change to make even if something is busted because they can just fix the busted thing. And then this still just plays like a more intuitive death rattle enhancer. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fun. We'll <laughs> wait and see if it's going to be fine, but I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, OK, uh, so uh, we're going to talk now about Professor Putricide. This was uh, Crips reveal. So we got a little bit more detail about how building an undead actually works. So like I said, there are two card pools. There's pool one and pool two that you choose from with two different discovers. And then the stats and the effects of the minion are combined. You can't triple these minions. So even if you were able to like build an undead and got the same discovers all three times, you wouldn't make a golden minion. <laughs> so generally, 
much like the way that uh, the Build-A-Beast Rexar works, the reason that there's pools is to make sure that you don't end up with this like minion with text that's like 800 lines long. So it is controlled. So generally, the discovery pool for pool one is going to be in combat effects. And then pool two is generally keywords in shop effects or battle cries. So they've kind of like separated things out a little bit to uh, make the undead minions when they combine make sense. Um, The minions that are going to actually be in those pools are going to be from your tavern tier and then up to two lower. So if you're on tavern tier three, you can discover from tiers one, two and three. If you're on tavern tier six, then it's going to be six, five, four. Uh, But you won't get those tier uh, one through three minions at all offered to you. So um, there's a little bit of like power scaling there that if you decide to wait until later on in the game to actually push your button, you're going to get a more powerful minion as a reward in theory. And the minions that are inside Putricide are funky. Uh, Most of them aren't BG's minions. There are, I think, four that are in BG's, but there are 27 minions total inside Putricide that are (laughs) from standard from constructed that have been given you know tavern tiers or whatever (laughs) to enter (laughs) it's so you're gonna build these weirdo minions that no one else really has access to and like there are cards like uh arms dealer foul egg incorporeal corporal which is the the five five that after attacks destroy yeah there's there are a lot of different minions that are in here like nightmare amalgam you can make a night nightmare amalgam so it's it, you're going to end up with just some wacky, wacky crap. That's cool. Yeah, I think uh, Putricide is going to be really fun. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see this iteration. Although, like, so they uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they haven't announced any sort of like like there's no replacement for quests, right? Like everybody doesn't like get to build an undead minion on turn five or something, right? Like there's no straight up replacement it's just the new minion type and that's it and and, well and obviously the new hero yeah it's the content refresh here is the volume of stuff the dual tribe minions the new hero the uh the various reworks and refactors uh a, a a season refresh doesn't have to necessarily be a mechanic it can just be a lot of stuff and so this time it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is and a this lot is, of stuff. <laughs> it's a big patch. Just because it doesn't have a new mechanic doesn't mean that there's not a lot of stuff in here. Uh, they they added dual tags to a lot of minions. Uh, I I count well over 50 new things, plus a bunch of things that are leaving, plus a bunch of old things that are coming back. Uh, some hero changes like what, Gale Wing? It's got new hero powers and you mm-hmm. can't choose the same one twice in a row now. That sort of thing. Yeah, which is really interesting because, I mean, honestly, Gale Wing's design was an interesting idea, but uh, didn't actually end up really uh, being all that interesting because there was basically one choice. Like when you were Gale Wing, every three turns, you just went to Ironforge and you discovered a minion and that was it. Every three turns, you discovered a minion of your tavern tier. Yeehaw. Um, and you would just push that middle button over and over and over because Westfall and Eastern Plaguelands, those flight pla- flight light paths were never rewarding enough. <laughs> so when you compared it to just getting a minion every three turns. So now they've made it so that uh, they're a little bit more interesting. So um, now the Discover 
You still can discover in three turns, choose a minion of your tavern tier. That's now the Eastern Playground Playland. So that's the one that takes the longest. Um, but you can't choose it twice. So your hero power now says choose a new flight flight path. <laughs> I don't know why I'm stumbling over that so hard. Um, and then completed to get a bonus. So basically, you're only going to have the option of all three the first time. And then the next time, you're just going to have the two that you haven't chosen because you have to choose a new one. So um, I think that's better. <laughs> but they have to just make sure that the the two other choices, Westfall and Ironforge, which um, in one. Or the, so the first one is uh, in one turn, give your leftmost minion plus two plus two. And then the other option is in two turns, gain two gold. So there is still a little bit of economy built into this hero now that isn't just straight up, you know, discover a minion. But um, yeah, you can't just discover a minion over and over and over and over. So. You can you can go back and forth between like gold minion, gold minion, gold minion. Um, but yeah, again, you're not going to be able to discover every third turn, three turns infinitely. So I think this is a, a good change. It makes uh, I think it makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it's the three different options seem like they are relevant to choose at different times, whereas before they weren't. Yes. <laughs> all right. That is it. I think that is everything. That is all of the changes coming and or almost all the changes, all the changes we're going to talk about. Again, if you want to um, hear more in-depth stuff, all a lot of these, especially for the hero changes and the stuff that's leaving and everything else, that's all from the Hearthstone BGs podcast with Educated Collins and JD Bunny. Go and check that out. They are going to go way deeper into all of this stuff and plus like i said they had um gia and there was somebody else too gia and john john there you go thank you yeah <laughs> gia and john were uh were guests on the show as well so really good dev interview go and check that out at uh did you want to take a couple minutes here and uh take some emails hello hello it's me hello um just quickly do you get my message yep oh hello you can send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com you can tag us on twitter or you can send us messages in our patron discord questions channel um if you aren't a patron you can head to patreon.com slash tack to fix that um so both hollow point and hollow point 51 and kilmernock wrote in and asked if we had any hearthstone resolutions this year um, I don't really, I used to make resolutions all the time, but my resolution was basically hit legend and then I did it and then I never made another resolution again. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Hat? Do you have any resolutions? I'd like to get my golden DK this year. Um, I don't expect to get to a thousand, but I'd like to get to 500 this year. Um, I'm already in the fifties, like 50, 60 ish. Uh, so, you know, if I do 50 a month, should be fine. I don't know if I'll do that much, but that means I'll be playing a lot of DK and I'd like to do that. And I'd like that to be correct to do. So, hey, balance team, make that, make that go. <laughs> make that happen. Uh, Barson in the chat room is reminding me that there was a wild resolution one year. I'm pretty sure that the wild resolution was actually last year's resolution, and I definitely did not do that at all. And I can't believe it's been an entire year since I said I was going to do that because it feels like I did that a month ago. <laughs> Were you supposed to just play wild? Was that the resolution? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. It was literally just like, go play wild, have fun. And uh, I could have sworn that I said I was going to try that like 
I would say in the like, or I would have guessed it was in like the lull of the second set is when I was like, hey, I should play some wild. But no, because you don't make resolutions randomly in the middle of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a year because that's how years work. <laughs> Typically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you should play wild. You know, DK is good in wild. You play. Is it? Even unholy DK. I do like Unholy. It is my and favorite of the DKs. You just press that button on one, and then all your corpse stuff is active on two. Neat. Yeah, I'll send you a list. It'll be fine. We can work on awesome. last year's resolution now. <laughs> all right, yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my resolution for this year is finishing my resolution from last year. There you go. I'm so good at this, you guys. I'm so good. <laughs> but yeah, I think 1,000 wins on, on DK is a good is a good resolution to have. I, I have so I'm not many get classes. Five hundred. Oh. <laughs> five hundred. Okay, five hundred wins. Still, very good resolution to have. Um, I have a lot of classes that I don't have my five hundred wins on. So that's a, that's always something that I'm kind of working towards in the background. Is that usually when we get a new expansion or as classes kind of rotate through popularity. I will actively stay away from like the mages and the paladins and the hunters and whatever all the druids of the world because I'm trying to get all my other classes to the win. So like when they're strong, I play them to kind of stack up wins, but I I definitely never um, play stuff like you do when it's bad. (laughs) When you're just like, I'm going to play DK and I'm going to hit my 500. I'm like, I would do that if DK was the best. Well, I mean, if it sucks, I'm not going to do it. Like, it's I'm not I'm not going to force it. Uh, I I still would like to win games and not lose games. So, like, if I can do that with DK, <laughs> then I'll do that with DK. I'd, I have the other ten done. I have all the other ten at a thousand plus. So, like, so DK, it's just at least to get the the hero power to match the other hero powers would be nice. Um, I don't anticipate getting to a thousand unless <laughs> something really bad happens this year and I play a lot more Hearthstone than I'm expecting because I have extra time. I don't think that'll happen. Um, or if something really good happens, the game is really fun, maybe that could... I'm going to try. All right. My resolution is looking at things as though something positive could happen. There we go. We're going to do that. We're going to try <laughs> and frame wild. things. That is too hard. <laughs> we can do this too together, hard. Joss. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, who's our second question from? Second question. King Dupless, the king, asks, with rotation coming soon, I know some budget players are holding back from crafting if they can help it. What cards do you think are must-crafts or classes do you expect they will see play in the new year, which will clearly be Year of the Unicorn? Good guess, good guess. Example, and Hunter, craft the Wild Seeds is a good package, or uh, Widowbloom Seedsman and Druid because of ramp. So, um, Wild Seeds is probably a good example, but let's just get this out of the way. Go craft Astalor right now. Craft Astalor right now. If you don't own him, I'm not sure what you're doing in Standard, but you should go craft him. If you do own him and you have the dust to upgrade him to Golden, you should do that now. That's either a rental or a card you'll use permanently, and it makes two other cards that will also be Golden. Really good use of dust. Um, Beyond that, let's think through. Let's think through the different classes. I mean, DK, most people should probably own Path of Arthas if you don't already, and that is Frost DK sorted. Like, it's already just done. You're going to own that, and that's going to stay viable. Um, thinking through... Yeah, the Wild Seeds make sense. Mage, like, skeleton cards, like Cold Case and Nightcloak Sanctum, probably pretty good. Uh, don't know Paladin. Not sure about Paladin. Definitely not sure on Priest. Rogue, wait for the nerfs, then we'll tell you. <laughs> then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I made serrated bone spike 
into golden because I know I'm going to keep playing that card. I already owned a lot of the rogue cards in gold anyways. Um, concoction cards are fun in gold because they make gold things. Those are fun. And concoctions probably can stay good. Yeah, that's always my choice is when I'm deciding if I should craft golden cards is either is one of two things. It's either super adorable art that only gets better when it's animated or stuff that makes other stuff because you just get more bang for your dust, right? Yep. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know if there's anything that really stands out. It's like, you should just go ahead and craft this right now outside of Astalor. The wild seeds are, are probably the next closest thing because the second they've been printed, they've been great and they've been nerfed twice and they're still great. Um, and concoctions, concoctions are going to be good. Like, I feel pretty confident that mechanic's going to stay powerful. Yeah. I think, what about uh, curses in Warlock? Are curses war- rotating? Or is that they're sticking They're not, they're around? sticking around. Yeah, they were abyssal stuff, right? So that was um, under the sea. <laughs> yes, it was voyage. Though, if I were picking <laughs> one thing in Warlock, it would be imps, not curses, because mm. um, the curses are so fun. <laughs> they are, but they've only been good with imps, largely. Um, and the imps are good on their own. So if I was picking one, it'd be those. Uh, that deck's been good for a while. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the rotation is going to be fairly seismic in terms of shifts. There are just a lot of really good cards that aren't sticking around. So I'm mm-hmm. really, really curious about what the format's going to look like post-rotation. It's also hard, too, because, I mean, we know we're going to see changes to the core set. We have a 98% chance that Brand's going away. So I think that, like, the the core set is going to inform a lot of decisions as well. So, like... It just is a really tough time right now to say one way or another. And I understand like budget players wanting to hold on to their desks. Like, I don't know if um, I guess like March of the Lich King didn't feel like we talked about this with the state of the um, state of the metagame right now conversation. And so I, I think this whole conversation around crafting could probably wait until after the patch that we know is coming at the end of the month. But like Lich King in general, I feel like they didn't land the Death Knights as powerful as as Demon Hunters, which was probably for the best. <laughs> didn't want to make anybody want to quit the game again. Um, but I think they undershot a little bit too much because Death Knights haven't been like we were talking about a lot of the stuff that seeing play Diamond to Legend is a lot of decks that we've seen for a while now. Um, you know, like Rogue is super powerful. Uh, but it's nothing that was really done because of that expansion necessarily. <laughs> so like you probably already have a lot of the stuff that was good from the previous two expansions and there's nothing really particularly, you absolutely need this card from this expansion right now other than Astalor. So, you know, like, <laughs> like there's kind of one card that we've already talked about and will probably get nerfed because the play rate is so ridiculous. So. Like, I, there isn't really too much outside of that from this expansion. Like, it was a little bit underpowered slash lackluster, I would say, for a third expansion. Uh, it was kind of underwhelming. Like, nothing like Rostacon at all. Like, we're not, that's not the level of uselessness. But, you know, it's, it's, might be forgettable if it wasn't the DK expansion. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, am I totally way off with saying that? <laughs> Six sets have this problem where you have to make cards in the largest size standard's going to be any given year that make the format feel different and create new strategies without being also super busted. 
And it's a really, really hard needle to thread, which is why I think they put DK out this time of year, because like you said, it is going to be memorable and impactful because people will play it, even though it might not necessarily be the best thing. Now, if I look at the cards list, there are a couple cards here besides Azor that you could craft <laughs> and you could craft in gold and would be fun. Shadow Demise. I opened the golden one. If I didn't, I would craft it. If you like Rogue at all, craft Shadow Demise. It will be good forever. It will be good until it rotates out. You will put it in every rogue deck you make until it rotates out. You should go ahead and make that. It's a really easy craft. Um, there are some of the DK cards I did. So all the Frost DK commons, I just made them gold. Chillfall and Baron. I just made him gold. I know I'm going to play him a bunch, right? And I have some dust laying around. Um, potion belt. Easy gold, right? You can make potion belts so you don't have them, whatever. But yeah, if I'm scrolling down the list of format-defining new cards, not a ton right now. Uh, like Shockspitter, probably the highest one outside of the concoction. Shockspitter is pretty high up there. But that's also probably going to get hit again, right? And probably will still be good, uh, but yes, it probably will. And really, like, this is this is the challenge of the sixth set of how do I introduce new things and make them interesting without breaking the format. And there are a lot of decks that are hybrids of old things and new things. The Frozen Touch Aggro Mage is really cool because it does a little bit of every set that's in standard right now. It takes a little piece from everything. Uh, but like you talked about at the beginning of the episode, am I going to make big spell mage cards? Right? Am I going to go craft Belinda? Am I going to make barbaric sorceresses or whatever? Uh, pure Paladin cards, is that really what I'm going to do? Am I going to upgrade my orders in the court? Maybe. It's a lot of things that are not directly tied to this expansion. A lot of the good stuff is an upgrade from what we've had before. And the Martial Edge King cards are important. Like, Demon Hunter needs Unleash Fell. And Unleash Fell is a Martial Edge King card. But is that a new deck? No. No, it isn't. Silvermoon Arcanist is a new card. Unleash Fell is a new card. But all the other stuff in all the Demon Hunter decks, we've seen these cards before. Maybe we haven't played with them right now. Well, Scythe. We've seen it before. Scythe is new, right? Yeah, Scythe is new. Faldoria Warband is new. But it still feels really like Fell Demon Huntery. And if it revol revolves around Jace, who is rotating, then right. maybe we don't make the Fell cards. We could make the Relics, maybe. We could do that. Spell Demon Hunter is still pretty fun. But again, I feel like if you if you want to do Relic Demon Hunter things, you've already got that because those are Nathria, right? So... I like I I am making the assumption that if you are a budget player and crafting things at this point in time, you've already gone through the previous two sets at some point and said, I need this, that and the other thing from those. So like I, I am very much focusing on March cards, but um, yeah, I think that there just aren't that many that would be on my list as as cards I would want to or need to craft. Um, so. so I will say, I think it's important to note a lot of legendaries as part of the marquee legendary cycles of the past year sets are still good today. The Alterac hero cards, and I'm glad to say this, the Voyage Colossals, mm. they were flashy cycles that are all still pretty good, except for Nelly. Sorry, Nelly. Um, but <laughs> a lot of these cards have been good for over a year, even if they've been nerfed. And I think that's really important that these legendaries held their value in terms of being able to play with them and then still being good, fun cards to play with. That seems really cool to me that these cards mm -hmm. that 
you are drawn to when you look at the spoiler are still things you want to do in the games too. Yeah, that's a really good point. And and Colossals, like you said, all the Voyage cards are going to be sticking around for another year. So Colossals are probably, if you don't have them yet, for the most part, then uh, they are good crafts. So uh, hopefully that answered your question, <laughs> King Duplis. Uh, you sent another one in as well and asked if we both had a good holiday time off. Are we feeling better from last week? And did either of us do anything fun for the holidays or the new year? Uh, so pretty good time off. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> feeling a little bit better from last week, but didn't really do anything fun because was feeling crappy for a couple of weeks. So, and that just put frowny face. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. Yeah, I slept a lot. <laughs> yep. I plan on doing that this upcoming week. I'm going to visit a buddy in Phoenix this weekend. Um, I have never been to Phoenix, so I'm curious to see no. what it's like there. It will probably be warmer than here. Probably a good time of year to go because I'm pretty sure that if I went to Phoenix in the summer, I would die. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, walk I, outside and just burst into flames and melt. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. But we've already made some reservations at some extremely bougie restaurants. I'm very excited. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to all of your fancy food pictures that you're going to post on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I have to decide if I'm even going to post them, but one of the restaurants has a three pound bone marrow you have to call ahead for. And I'm like, oh, man, this is <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what's the final question tonight? This is a question that I'm going to ask on behalf of Squatch Drew to you, Joss. Very important okay. question. How are the puppies? Oh, my God. Okay, so I, I wish that they were down here with me right now, because if you guys remember when we first got them in August, I had I brought Luna onto the stream and I could hold her in my arms and she was really super cute and adorable. Um, She is still super cute and adorable, as is Bucky. But holy hell, they are big. So they just turned seven months at the start of January. They're seven months old now. Bucky is between 60 and 70 pounds and Luna is like 55 pounds. Luna is now the size of or bigger than my parents full grown golden retriever and Bucky is like I said bigger than her. Bucky when he stands next to me his head is like at my hip. <laughs> they are they are still puppies. They are dumb AF. They are full on puppy brain. They are all legs. They are gangly and like totally can't stand on their own two feet. They run around and fall over and do all crazy puppy things. It's just that there are so many pounds of them. <laughs> they are so big. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they are um, they are half golden retriever, half Bernie's mountain dog. So. They are golden mountain dogs, but uh, yeah, they're they're upstairs right now, and I don't know my my husband might be might be watching slash listening, and if he is, he can attempt to bring them down. But like, they are wild. <laughs> it's so cute, so cute. <laughs> that yeah, I'm glad they are still cute and fun, and also yeah, that's a lot of dog. It's so much dog, but they are like so sweet and so affectionate and they are all about like they get so excited when they see us and they just they want to be pet and they want to just give kisses and, and snuggle and they're just they are they are great they are such such good puppies so 
Uh, yeah, they are, thank you, Scott Drew, for asking that very important, very Hearthstone-related question. Um, but yeah, so I did actually have Luna on the stream with me um, for Extra Life, which was at the beginning of November, so um, two months ago now, and she took up like the floor behind me when I was streaming. So you can go back and watch the VOD from the Extra Life stream. And actually, speaking of Extra Life, um, I wanted to say a very big thank you to everybody um, I, as I mentioned, was not feeling well over the holidays, was planning on doing some streaming, uh, ended up having to put a tweet out and kind of explain what's going on with me and uh, why I wasn't able to do any streaming. And I was really bummed out because I didn't hit my extra life goal this year and I was so far behind. And in one day, you guys donated almost a thousand dollars to extra life. And it was it even though I didn't stream. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you. I already talked about this on Gamers End, but I wanted to say a huge thank you to you guys for still supporting me, even though I was feeling so awful and wasn't actually able to do my streaming on New Year's. Um, this community is freaking awesome. <laughs> and I'm getting all choked up because you guys are just so supportive and great. That's all I'm going to say because I can't say anything else. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for donating and making Joss cry. I appreciate you <laughs> bringing her to tears. Yes, I really super ultra mega did like not just tonight, but like when I was like watching the donations come in on New Year's, I was bawling. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you guys have just been really awesome and really supportive over the last few years because I've had a really shitty time and I appreciate all of the support and understanding. So, right. yes, <laughs> we in really we really appreciate the support by all of our epic patrons and you can become <laughs> a TAC patron by going to patreon.com slash TAC. Becoming a patron gives you access to the TAC Discord as well as other perks. Big thanks to our Patreon producers Dustin C. and Jarrett F. You can follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast. Catch it live on Wednesday nights at 8-ish o'clock Eastern uh, <laughs> at twitch.tv slash Joss Joss, where can you be found? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. You should also go and check out my general gaming podcast. It's called The Gamers In. We just did a preview of everything that is coming in 2023 that we're super excited about. And there are some gems featured that I think haven't necessarily gotten the uh, kind of press and hype and excitement and uh, some stuff that's coming out in the next couple of months. So uh, do go and check that out again. That is called The Gamers In. Hat, where can folks find you? If Silk Song comes out this year, I'm going to need a week off from the show. Um, <laughs> that is understandable. I very specifically called you out when we were talking about both Silk Song and um, Hades 2. Hades 2. I was like, Hades yeah. Two. <laughs> I was like, it's just going to disappear when these things come out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready for it. Uh, you can find yeah. me over at twitter.com slash ridiculous hat where I tweet about Hearthstone and also other things, including Hades and other video games. Mostly that one. Um, I also have two other Hearthstone podcasts. Coin Conceit, we make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you over at coinconceit.com. Had Funky Monkey on the show last week. was really fun. Uh, and then Vicious Syndicate, we take a high-level look at the uh, top legend metagame through the lens of data. <laughs> what, was, what was this? <laughs> I'm pointing at you. You're above me. I'm pointing at you. Taking oh, it back to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I flipped right, the order guys. here because you were busy you weeping. Yeah, I, w I, I, wasn't, I wasn't weeping. I got a little teary-eyed and distracted, but I do appreciate it. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, job's done. Job's done.
Job's done.